My guest today is Marianne Stern, an intuitive Irish artist. I was struck by the extent to which art has played a crucial part in her personal healing journey. She is a very open and honest person and doesn't shy away from talking about issues we normally don't talk about in everyday life. We talked about stepping out of our comfort zone and how authenticity helps us confront the unknown and face our fears. We also talk about how important it is to express our emotions honestly and how creative outlets can help facilitate this. We talk about how adverse childhood experiences such as abuse can often be repressed, even to the point of being forgotten entirely. She was able to get in touch with these old traumas by permitting her art to go to dark places. She also talked about how the tone of her art became lighter or more hopeful over time. Without giving away too much, let's join the conversation as Marian talks about her reconnection with art. So you reconnected creativity in 2016. What was this reconnection like? The reconnection really started um, because I was feeling a lot of emotions after coming off um, a lot of prescription medications, um, mainly painkillers and antidepressants. And all of a sudden I came off them and I had all these feelings I didn't know what to do with, didn't really know how to express them. And I found that drawing just allowed me to, to, to let whatever needed to come out to come out, just allowed that flow. And um, I found it exceptionally calming um, without knowing anything about art therapy, without, it, it just kind of happened very naturally. Um, and I would play music. Obviously music has a huge influence on my artwork. And I would play, you know, maybe two or three songs, the same songs that would evoke a particular emotion. And then I would get that out on paper mm. and just really express that. Mm. And I think that's how I really started to get to know myself and, and my own feelings and how to work with those emotions after, you know, about 12, 13 years of being numbed with prescription medication. Um, so it was almost like learning a new language again. Um, so I do always say <clears throat> that art has given me my voice and um, it's an exceptionally powerful, powerful tool. You found your voice with uh, creativity. Intuitive artists usually are heart-centered and they use their inner awareness in creative process. Could you talk about your process? Because I know that you're intuitive artist as well. Yeah, my process is... Um, is really just to connect with, if I'm doing my own work, it's to connect with whatever I, I want to look into. And just on, on an emotional level in, in the heart center. And once I start the process, I might have a shape or a particular flow in mind, or there's very little, um, concept or pre-planning put into it um i just find a starting point and then i just let it happen um and it's a it's a wonderful experience because you just allow whatever it is to flow through you i mean i i say sometimes that it isn't even my art it's just i channel whatever comes through and 
especially when I'm doing artwork for others, when I'm doing the drums, for instance, um, a client may ask me for a particular animal or a particular color or, or a particular um, trait that they want to incorporate into this drum. And I just really feel into that and allow that to come true. And the mind doesn't play any part. As I said, there's no planning, there's no end picture even in my mind. I just find that starting point and then just allow it to flow. And that's really what intuitive art means for me. And I have had cases where if I'm doing a drum for somebody and I send them on the picture of the finished drum, I may have incorporated a symbol there and they then turn around and tell me, oh, I have the very same tattoo and I wouldn't have known that, but yeah. it's really feeling into that uh, connection and, and what I, what or how I can actually express what the client wants. And it's the same for me when I'm my own client, if you like, as well. Yeah. Um, just really to find that one starting point and then that's it and just allow the rest to evolve. Um, and, and not let the, the head get in the way, really. That's that's really what the intuitive process means for me. I was looking at your work and also I was reading a bit about it. I felt mythology seems to be an influence in your work. Are there certain themes that you resonate with from the mythology you have studied? Yeah, I've been very um, interested um, in the Celtic wheel and how the, the ancient Celts would have lived with the seasons and what each season would have represented because I would find myself very much following that naturally in my own behavior and how I would feel and what I would be doing. And I was introduced to the Celtic wheel very randomly, you know, it just cropped up and then it just really resonated with me and I just found it... Um, it's a wonderful way to live naturally with the seasons. Because yeah. um, I work a lot with plant medicines as well. I work with local herbs uh, that I find in the hedgerows. Um, I live in a very um, like natural um, environment, kind of at the top of the field, surrounded by beautiful trees. So I'm constantly surrounded by the natural world. I'm very inspired artistically by the natural world as well. And this, yeah, the Celtic wheel has been very, very influential in my own life without kind of even knowing about it. Um, how we live in, in the seasons like now is we're still in Bealtaine, for instance, and that is a time of, you know, it's fertile, flowers are all blooming. You know, myself, I can feel myself starting to be more um, outgoing, more involved in society. Um, I see that my own traits and how I behave throughout the year is very much mirrored by the natural world. Yeah. And yeah. it's it's a it's just it's it's definitely influenced me a huge amount. Um because I used to beat myself up a lot about oh, especially in the winter, like oh, if you just feel like hibernating or I'm not doing enough, I'm not, you know, but it is actually very natural for us to get very introspective in the winter, you know, to to learn from what the last year has has given us, you know, what we've experienced and, and gain our wisdom from that, you know. So I found it an excellent um, tool for myself um, to work with. 
And it's very, very interesting when you look at that with the OM calendar as well. Um, when you look at working with different trees throughout the year as well. So it's definitely something I'm still on a huge learning curve with it. Um, but as I'm learning, I'm, I'm practicing and um, yeah, I'm finding it um, really beneficial. And it is that resonance with the natural world that I feel I've always had, but that's really now, just now starting to come out and come, I'm allowing it to, to come through, yeah. you know. I love that. But there's a book called The Celtic Shaman that I would highly recommend anybody to get if they wanted to delve into this. And it does go through the Celtic wheel and how um, the Druids would have, you know, been journeying, how they would actually work in, in the Celtic times. And it is extremely interesting and it's a fantastic introduction to the whole thing. So that I would definitely recommend that. I'm going to go through some of your um, artwork, but before that, process of healing is through looking at our shadow and or our pain. As you healed over time, have you noticed a corresponding shift in the tone of your artwork? I have very much, very much so. Um, when I started first, and there's a couple of um, um, paintings on my website, you can you can kind of see the progression. They are quite dark, the initial ones. Um, very much how I felt. It was a very very big disconnect, and the more I've healed on my own journey. Um, the lighter the pieces are getting. But I still have occasion when something big has to come out. And, you know, it's it's not all, it's not all unicorns and rainbows, you know, it's, <laughs> it's life, you know. Um, but definitely I would say that the healing process for me has been all about embracing emotion, embracing who I am and, and what I've come from, where I've come from and just breaking old patterns from the past, those patterns that you know were my survival mechanisms, um, recognizing them for what they are, but you know, choosing differently. And that in itself makes me feel much better about myself. It gives me more self-confidence, more trust. And I found that in my creative process, that's also come through. It's my own um, confidence is growing. Um, you know, the brush strokes are getting a lot more confident, a lot more definite. Um, there's not so much hesitation anymore. So with regards to the process, it's also affected the process, not just the finished pieces. Um, healing, it, it affects every aspect of my life, you know, and I suppose how I can express it best is through the artwork. Um, so you can definitely see on my Instagram, um, you can see from the very beginnings of when I reconnected from art, the whole way up to the present, that has been my, my journey, my journal, if you like. Um, and that's Intuitive Art by, by Marion. Um, I think I just changed the name, but I'll send it on. Um, <laughs> And you can really see the progression there, um, not just in, in, you know, trying out different techniques and just from simply drawing with pen and paper initially when I started um, to 
just you know experimenting more being more adventurous and you can definitely see that in the artwork throughout throughout the last few years yeah it's a nice journal for me to look back on even uh when i do get moments where i'm thinking i'm not doing enough or the old patterns you know the old head noise kind of kicks in i take time and i just kind of look through it myself and actually you've come a long way here you know give yourself a break so it is nice <laughs> to have that <laughs> I actually following your work since 2019 and I can see the huge shift in your artwork and um, it's quite fascinating to me how your uh, art become lighter through throughout these two years but when you look at, back at your past works are you more aware now of the issue behind it or were you aware of the issue even as you created the pieces um I wasn't uh, aware um, a lot of the early work was very much a a visual kind of purge if you like of of what happened to me as a child and I was sexually abused for many years and I didn't even know that because I had repressed those memories my whole life and it's only when I allowed those memories to come back that a lot of my earlier work actually made sense to me. I couldn't explain it myself where all this was coming from. So that's very dark, even for, you know, what I'm feeling now. But when I actually look a lot of, a, a lot of the earlier work, it's, it's very apparent. And I, I did an exhibition in the art bank in Bunclody last year. Um, and of it was a progression but it was very much themed around that and i had said nothing i just i just called the exhibition these are my words and most people that went in came out afterwards and said this is all about sexual abuse so they mm -hmm. could see it but i actually couldn't see it myself at the time i was actually drawing it and that's how how repressed all that was in me you know so um, that's what I'm saying. It's so powerful. It's such a powerful way of healing um, and, and of expression, especially when you you just can't verbalize it because you can't even understand it yourself. Yeah, you know exactly. Um, it, that exactly happened to me also. Um, I had some pieces that other people look at it and they said that this is a repressed femininity, and at that mm -hmm. that time I wasn't aware of it. Like after many years passed. I can say I am a bit more aware of what I'm doing, but I don't know in 10 years, if I look back at those works, am I going to feel the same thing or am I going to discover something new about myself? Um, that's very interesting. Ireland historically has for a long time refused to talk about abuse. It is very brave that you encourage people to talk about their traumatic event in their childhood in a safe environment. Do you have any comment or do you want to talk about this? I think it's a mirrored by my own repression of, of what happened to me as a child. It's it's mirrored all around me, you know. Um it's a taboo subject. It's even when when the news came out about how many children were abused by the church here. Even as children growing up, there'd be rumors, but nobody said anything. Nobody said anything. Um, 
and and it is so repressed and it does so much damage when we can't speak about these things uh, i spent a lot of my life running away through prescription medication through alcohol through drugs um when my own memories came back and i spoke about it that was huge healing in itself and then to know that i wasn't alone was even was even bigger because it's a very lonely place when things aren't spoken about you feel like you're the only one you feel like there's nobody to turn to there's nowhere to run to it's it's, it's you feel very trapped and isolated much like what's going on at the moment, you know, and thankfully yeah. the country's starting to open up. Again, yeah. But um, I feel it should be, we should shed light onto it because it is happening and it's happening now. It has happened prolifically in the past and it's happening a lot more than anybody believes it's happening and it needs to be stopped. And I think the only way we can, that I can do my bit is to speak about it. Um, and and to share how much sharing that information, even though it's very difficult to, to hear and it's very difficult to speak about. Um, it's immensely healing. Yeah. And yeah. it's important. It's very important that this all comes to light because there's still now children going through the same thing. And it just needs to stop. It needs to stop. It's, yeah, <laughs> it's, it, it's, it's so um, disturbing to realize that what I experienced as a child, children now at this very minute are, are going through the same experience. And it's not in the news. It's not being reported on. It's not being spoken about. So for those of us who have experienced it to actually talk, we'll raise awareness about it. We'll bring it to the light. And the more of us that can do that um, and show as well that there is life after abuse, that you can heal from it, that you can have a, a beautiful, wonderful life, we give hope to many as well. You know, so there, there's a lot to be gained for sharing. And from personally what i've experienced when you when we repress these things it's it's just like hitting a self-destruct button it really is it does nobody any good it, it you hurt yourself you hurt people around you that you love the most um so it is important very important that it all starts coming to light it's very important um, i live in ireland since 2012 and i notice in Irish culture, it's very difficult for a lot of people to just talk about their um, emotions. I'm, I'm not even talking about abuse. Um, expressing emotion is kind of hard. And um, I think there is a need to encourage that and work on that to people be able to open up and talk about their emotion, like express their emotion, even with their partners or within their families. And now I really understand how difficult it is for um, people coming from abuse to talk about their emotions and how they feel and what they went through. So we do need a um, safe environment for um, people and people like you to encourage that. Yeah. 
and thank you. Yeah, it's it's um, it's extremely important, and you know, it's something I'm still working on day by day as well. Um, especially in in close relationships, you know, because there's a, if there's a fear of rejection or abandonment comes up, you know, when you actually express an emotion, and through my own past experience, that's that's what happened with me, you know. So to break to break that cycle you know and and just express yourself freely um without those fears um is is challenging but when we can do it it's extremely rewarding so again feeling safe to be able to do that is very very important no matter what you want what 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 is actually coming up for you it's um it's providing that space just to speak freely without judgment and and just being able to trust completely you know um and just to feel listened to to feel heard i think is also extremely important so not only do we need to get better at speaking our emotions we also need to get better at hearing what others are saying absolutely um, and again it's it's generations it's a cultural thing it's there's a huge amount of suppression in this country huge amount um and so the, like i was racking my brain as well will i do this will i do that what can i do to help and you know and and i just figured that the the only way i can help is is to is to lead by example and just do it speak about it hear people and and work that way um and yeah the next person does that and the next they influence somebody else and somebody else and somebody else and, and it all adds up it all adds up i heard somewhere that when you heal other people heal with you as well yeah absolutely i've seen that because as you then make those steps, you know, break through those 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 fear barriers um, and break the patterns, it gives other people permission to do the same. Yeah. So it, it's they see it and they see how how liberating it is, and you know, I'm quite calm as a person. Um, I do still get bouts of anxiety, but generally I'm pretty calm and people kind of see that I mean be able to speak quite candidly you know about some things they're just like okay I can do that too you know and then I feel like I'm I can really hold the space as well for when people are talking um and just listening without without any kind of judgment you know so um it is it is important for anybody that is feels that this is their calling feels in any way, if any of this resonates with them, you know, you don't have to set up huge, you know, counseling services. You don't have to go out and do, you know, build something massive. You can just sit there and listen to somebody, you yeah. know, it, it doesn't yeah. have to be some big, big um, gesture. Yeah, by being present and having no judgment and being open. Yeah. yeah.
Do you think change can be an uncomfortable process? Uh, for instance, leaving the persona behind and stepping into unknown? Oh God, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it definitely is. You know, I, I suppose in today's society, it's all around comfort, comfort, comfort and instant gratification. Um, you know, to, to be comfortable for me personally was to feel safe. You know, now what that comfort entailed wasn't particularly pleasant. It was normally being extremely drunk um, until I passed out, you know, or, um, you know, gotten completely stoned or whatever. It, it, like, but I was in the comfort land, you know, and and I felt safe doing that. When you can actually observe yourself in these situations, um, it's very enlightening, you know. And you see the comfort for what it is. You know, I think comfort for me equals stagnation. Um, we have to be able to challenge ourselves to grow as human beings and, and to grow out of past conditioning and patterns. And there is so much of that. It's not just, you know, personally our own stuff there's family you know would have been huge influences ancestral programs there's the society cultural programs you're dealing with so there's there's a lot of things that kind of keep us in this comfort zone but again just to take a step back and and view it as it's I, I kind of look try and look at it take a step back and look at it like it's a little puppet theater playing out in front of me um that we we can see it we can see the bigger picture you know and then these challenges or changes the challenges to change um don't seem as big but but they are daunting because you know change is is something unknown you you strike out and do something completely new you don't know what the outcome is going to be yeah mm -hmm. um What's worked really well for me when I'm dealing with something that I get very anxious about, particular change that, that I'm that I'm endeavoring to make in my life, is just to take one step at a time. Not look at the end goal, but just to simply look at what's my next step. And not try and plan 20, 30 steps ahead, because then the challenge just seems insurmountable. Just focus on that one, that first step that one thing and take that and then the next will will come you'll know what to do next you know exactly. um it's we have all the knowledge we need inside ourselves you know um it's all there we just need to tap into it um and it's so easy to get caught up in the mental what ifs or should i would i could i Although all these the three most destructive words, I think, should have, would have, could have, you know, um, <laughs> those those things that we beat ourselves up with, you know, again, being aware that that's going on um, is very is very helpful. Um, so yeah, I I can understand. I understand it through my own process why change can be so difficult for us. Um, and as I said, my my own journey has really been to, to try and take a step back and look at where it's all coming from. 
and that makes it easier. It just makes it easier when you have a very different perspective or a different context to look at yourself with. Um, and, and then, yeah, just take that one little step. Yeah, I, I found it as much as I go within, I can live life uh, with less fear. That's exactly what think, you're saying. Like fear, fear is the is the real virus. But when we look at what fear really is, it's it's an assumption of a kind of a perceived outcome yeah. of an action you're going to take or a decision you're going to make. And that assumption is based on past experience normally. Um, so when you take that out, when you really look at it for what it is, fear doesn't actually exist. It is nothing. It's something we, we, we construct ourselves. Exactly. It is actually quite funny. I, I do have a good giggle sometimes when I'm actually looking at myself going, why are you, why are you afraid of this? And then I just go, right, what's this, what's this, what's this? And it's like, okay. yeah, you're being silly. Obviously being threatened physically or, you know, is a different story, right? Um, but the general fears of change, they're, most of them are all just constructed within ourselves, you know? Um, mm. So really looking at it that way and understanding it has helped me definitely continue to move move forward. Yeah, sometimes um, it looks like you can ask what is the fear. But sometimes, as you said, the fear is from the past event and you can just feel it inside the body. It's like your nervous system is reacting and you don't even know what the source of that fear is. But again, it's just... Is it's it's not real. Yeah, it's not real. It's not it's not a real thing. You know, say if you're being threatened physically, for instance, that's real fear. That's survival. You know, um, especially for people who who experienced some sort of trauma, and it doesn't have to be sexual abuse. It could have been emotional. You know, it could have been getting lost in a supermarket and not finding your your parents for hours or whatever you know whatever the trauma is or you know it, it's 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 in the past but our systems carry that experience and that's like you're in survival mode it's like this was a life and death situation your nervous system kind of believes that and when there's very deeply ingrained patterns in us we get triggered like that very easily but it really is just to try and take that step back and look at it for what it is. Try and pull. I, I always try and pull myself out of the fear and um, take a take a side step and just just look at it from a different perspective. Deep deep breaths, really deep breaths, long deep breathing also helps pull 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 me out anyway, yeah. and grounding in nature, and then really looking at what's going on. You know, um, but most of the time, I mean, it is just from something in the past. But our our bodies and our nervous system think it's a it's a it, it's something to feel threatened about. That you know, it is a life or death situation, and that's why we go into these back into these survival mechanisms. And for some of us, they're addictions. You know, um, of of all sorts, these these coping and survival mechanisms. Exactly. 
do you think is it possibility for everyone to heal from art or do they have to be an artist? I think everybody's an artist anyway. We, we all have a huge amount of creativity we can tap into. You know, so many people have said to me, well, I'm not an artist, but I do draw a bit, but I'm not an artist. And I'm like, well, then you're an artist. You know, if there's anything creative, but an artist doesn't necessarily mean visual arts. It can be writing, it, you know, poetry, it can be music. You, you look at, you know, Ireland is, is very, very well known for it, it, its, its musicians and its poets, yes. you know? And it's so moving and emotional um, because of what is being expressed and how it's being expressed, you know? Um, so it's not just visual arts, you know, there's photography as well. It's any, any form of creative endeavor. And we all have that in us. But I always say everybody can draw. If you can hold a pencil in your hand, you can draw. Um, everybody's an artist and a creator. We all have that in us. Everybody does. It just may not be in a traditional form that we would perceive as art, you know? I never got any form of schooling. Art was always a way for me to express myself as a child, and I just dis completely disconnected with it for a very long time. But it found me again, and this time I didn't close the door, but rather embrace it. And, you know, it's now, you know, a huge, huge part of my life, huge. And I'm forever grateful for that opportunity. Um, but everybody has it in them, everybody. I totally agree with you. I think it's just sometimes we think we can't sing. I never had any education on singing, but I love to go outside and sing, but I do it for myself. It's, I feel like it's healing um, for me, but it doesn't mean that I am a really good singer, but that doesn't matter to me. It's just the way I can express myself. That's good enough. Yeah, doing, doing any, expressing, expressing ourselves is, is what we all need to do a bit more of. It doesn't really matter how, as long as you're obviously not hurting anybody else or projecting your crap onto somebody else. But to express it in a, in a creative way is one of the most, I, I found one of the most transformative ways of, 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 of doing it. And as I said, because I just simply had no words to how I felt, my hands did it, you know, for me. Um, and I was told by, by a shaman before, one of the first shaman I ever worked with, um, to really look after my hands, because mm. they were very special. And, you know, I, I definitely took that on board and, then, and I just pursued it then and continued because I just realized how healing it was for me. And it can be for everybody. And it doesn't mean that you have to give up everything and become an artist if it's not what you feel. But to sing a song, I sing in the shower, in the car all the time, but I'm not a very good singer, you know. Um, but 
it, it is such a beautiful way of expressing, of expressing yourself that, and we, we, again, we've been led to believe that you have to, you know, have this amazing voice to sing, you know, you have to, you know, be able to have played musical instrument from the age of two to be worth anything, you know. We've put dollar values on this, you know, we've put, you know, by, by monetizing, if you like, you know, it, it kind of put certain standards out there. You discourage a lot of people, you know, um, you know, being told as a child, you're no good at art, you know, I think is one of the most des destructive things that can be done. Yeah. Because it's, it's not yeah. allowing that child to express themselves, you know? It's like, you know, telling them to shut up constantly. Um, and we learn through that process not to express ourselves. So I would always encourage everybody that if you feel you can't shout or roar, or you want to cry, or you want to sing, you want to laugh, you want to draw, you want to write it, do it. Just do it. It's wonderful. <laughs> it is. Um, I hear a lot of people talking about being true to yourself. What does it mean to you to be true to yourself? I think to be true to myself, um, means not allowing being able to set certain boundaries, I suppose. Um, I would have been very much a people pleaser. Again, because of these fears of rejection. Um, so I had no boundaries. And it's something I'm continuing to work on. Being true to myself also means trusting myself. Um, trusting that when everything in me is saying no, to actually listen to that voice and verbalize it as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. And being being true to my own nature, you know, um, when I knew at one point that my life in Dublin had to come to an end. I was in industry for over 20 years. And I just knew that this is this is wrong for me. This is actually really hurting me emotionally, physically, you know, and taking that leap into the unknown. That was one of the times I was very true to myself because it was something that I followed that was such a, a, a guttural need. I didn't have an explanation for it. Mm. Uh, there was there was nothing really coming from the mind, but it was a, an overriding feeling of urgency that I needed to leave this life and start something very new. And I followed that, and I think that was probably one of the most scariest things I did. Um but it has been the most rewarding. And it's those moments when we follow them, they, they can change everything. 
they can change everything in your life. And I really, I really can't compare my old life to where I am now. It's, um, it's almost like, you know, a couple of thousand lifetimes ago now <laughs> at this stage. I don't recognize myself anymore from those times. And, and I think it, it's just been this, this gradual process of learning to trust myself and learning to listen to my own heart and my own intuition on why what's right and what's wrong for me you know and then following that um and yeah boundaries now is the is the one I'm kind of currently working on <laughs> looking at you know <laughs> it's, it's a basic things for us to know when we're a child to know what is our emotional needs are or what boundary means and uh, just follow our heart but we just yeah. learn it um, through hard way like that was uh, for me the same so I had to stop and listen to my heart to see um, where I want to go and what, what is it telling me so I, I really admire your uh, courage um, thank you for sharing this thank you <laughs> So if, if you're okay, I'm gonna uh, move on to your some of your artwork. Yeah. Um, I do love your uh, fine liner and the other 3D work, but two of them was like, um, you look so precious now and heart attack. And then there is a breaking through elemental. Um, I do like the child catcher too. There's one I cannot pronounce is C-O-G-S. I don't know what that means. Cogs. Cogs. So um, um, is there any preference on this that you like to talk about? Um, I can talk about any of them, really. Okay. So let's start um, uh, talking about um, one of your work called You Look So Precious Now. I love that. Yeah, so that was one that was done very early on where um, I was, this was before my memories came back, but I, I, was, I was very angry and, and I was very, um, I felt like the, the, everybody was sucking the life out of me and I was being judged. And, and that painting basically came out and it, and it is a self-portrait. Well, they all are self-portraits anyway. Mm. Um, I see because they all come out of, they're all things that I've been hanging on to or had been hanging on to for quite some time. And this particular picture um, started off with just my face in the middle of it and I did a pretty good job for my first kind of portrait. <laughs> Yeah. But as the drawing evolved, the face changed. So I added more and it looks a lot more dark now and there's more half skull, half face. But it actually started off like a proper picture of my, of my face for a while. Yeah. But it just evolved that piece and it took about 120 hours of going through this, these, these very deep emotions that, that I've been suppressing for a very long time. And um didn't I didn't really um understand it 
I just understand it on a very understood on a very superficial level. And I, I look at it very differently now. But the song that actually inspired that to come out was by a band called Tool, um, called Prison Sex, which is all about sexual abuse. But I didn't even at the time, I didn't even make that connection. Um, so that would have been one of the the key pieces, I would say, that um, that really just shows that emotion for me of, of, of being abused, essentially. Um, and or, or, or what my experience was. So that is a very, very poignant one, very poignant one. Um, but I, when I look at it now and I can actually tell the story behind it, it's extremely powerful as well. I'm very proud of that one. <laughs> it took a lot, it took a lot to get that yeah, out, but it it's, was. It's a very complicated piece. Um... But because you can look for many things in that, it's um, a lot of details and uh, those eyes on the top. Yeah. I do really like this piece. What about the heart attack? Heart attack, um, that, that came about, um, I started, you know, I, I really loved dragons and, and, and dragon illustrations and drawings and stuff like that. And I just wanted to kind of learn how to do them. Um, so that's how that piece kind of started as more of a doodle. And then it became my heart being attacked by all these dragons coming at it. And then my own dragons coming out of my heart, defending, defending myself, if you like. Um, and that, I really enjoyed actually doing that one. It, it was, it kind of gave me a sense of self-empowerment because the dragons actually coming out of the heart yeah. came after yeah. I put the attacking dragons in, if you like. <laughs> so it started off by just doing a heart in the middle with an eye. And then I just started drawing these dragons kind of looking at it kind of wanted to go in and then the dragons came out of the heart to protect myself so it was like this unfolding of, of you know empowering myself um that, that that's how that's how that one came about and yeah it was one of the first I actually started using color with as well and the only the overriding colors of it's just they're just it's just uh, black white and red um but that, again I was just black everything was black for me <laughs> and then all the drawings were black and then for me to put a bit of color in was so daunting but it, it was one of the first fine liners that I did with with color as well so there was a lot of experimentation and a lot of new things coming coming uh, or being done with this I was learning how to draw different things I was using color a bit more um and, you know, I think it just incorporated that me stepping out of my comfort zone. Um, kind of, it came through, I think, in that piece. I it's think a it beautiful piece. Powerful. Yeah, it's yeah. powerful and beautiful. Uh, so all this is kind of self-portrait. They it, are. Is it? Uh, well, I, 
I kind of consider them as that, you know, because um, they all kind of came out of me or those yeah. particular ones are all my own emotional work, really. These are all, these were not done with somebody else in mind or for somebody else. They were purely for me um, to release and to, to get to know who I was. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I do feel that they're all self-portraits in, in some way, you know? Um, yeah. yeah. I'm actually looking at them. Um, the one called the child catcher. So um, this the hand, um, the, the finger pointing. What's the story behind that? Yeah. Um, that one, again, that was done before my memories came back, but I had this, I was always terrified of, of clowns and the child catcher in Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, right? <laughs> it used to terrify me as a child. And um, again, I felt the need to draw something like that, to, to get something that out of my system. It, it just something needed to come out and the clown was I said, right, I just want to try and draw this thing. And um, it, it came out as it did, the, the finger pointing up, it's it's kind of bursting the bubble of the balloon that's there. The balloon. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's kind of like it's like bursting this 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 balloon, like uh it's almost like um Have, I don't know how to describe it. It's it's, it's like bursting or, or getting rid of the facade of the of the of the of the repression. You know. Yeah. It's like pop. You know, just this is reality, love. You know, <laughs> you've been <laughs> repressing this for a very long time. And again, it's something that only really became apparent after uh, the memories came back, where that really came from. I thought initially it was just my fear of of clowns. You know. Hmm. But I suppose what 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 the child catcher represents for me now is is the abuser is is the is the people that abuse me, um, and I was carrying that with me, you know. So again, it was just like he found his way out on paper onto paper, and I could actually look and you know make some sense of it then. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, your 3D work. Um which you use them, maybe you explain them, how you, how you work with them, but they're 3D and um, you use the recycled material. I use a lot of recycled material. Yeah, yeah. I mean, things that I just find around the house. Um, I, I, when I began using paints, um, I was fascinated by texture absolutely fascinated and when I go out into nature as well I mean I love looking at the tree trunks and, and looking at bark and looking at stones and how they're formed and the texture and I, I just adore texture and I, I live in an old stone cottage so I'm surrounded by natural walls I'm so lucky and even just that looking around at home looking at the texture of everything it just inspires me to start working with different textures and um that's how, how the 3D artwork began, really. Um, and while I was still gainfully employed, I could afford a lot of the 
you know, building our, if you like, the, the, the mixing um, mediums for acrylics uh, to build, you know, bigger structures. Um, but then um, I went over to the US uh, to visit some friends and uh, an amazing artist in Denver called Bog Scraper. <laughs> um, he introduced me to hot glue and um, the rest is kind of history. <laughs> and then I just started using, because I couldn't afford to buy the expensive mediums anymore. Um, I started looking around where I lived, right? What, what do I have here to, to create texture? I can use, you know, sand, I can use some stones, I can use, you know, little nuts that fall off the tree. I had old baking trays that, mm. you know, I, I washed out and, and used them as building materials. You know, I tin foil is amazing, you know, old plastic containers uh, to build the basic structures of something, you know, and, you know, people now that know me, you know, they might have a bit of copper wire or they'll have old guitar strings, whatever. They just say, I said, just before you throw anything out, give me a shout, you know, I might be able to use it. Um, so I'm kind of recycling a lot of rubbish. <laughs> um, but it's, it's incredible what we can do with so little, yeah. you know. And being, being in a position where I couldn't afford to buy any more art materials and having to look around to see what I, what I could use made me get even more creative in my thinking. And again, pushed me out of that comfort zone of just using the same things, and spurred me on to experiment and keep going newer things. Try this, try that, you know, and, you know, that's how the drum started as well. It was just, I did yeah. one for a friend, you know, guitar again, there was an old guitar lying around. I just kind of decided to, to do something with it instead of leaving it sit there rotting. Yeah um so it, it's yeah it's trying to give 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 things a new lease on life and and make make you know any kind of impact into into the the kind of the, the rubbish you know the amount of rubbish that we generate and try not to contribute too much to that um and just being mindful of how much we can actually reuse yeah and recycle and repurpose you know and you know i always say if, if something's broke try and fix it <laughs> you know um old chairs tables are you know there's so much we can do we just have to use our imaginations um so i think that's been that's been a wonderful part of the 3d work is to just use things that i find find lying around um I had some um, expanding foam that I wasn't using for anything building wise. So I decided to use that as to create three, you know, 3D, an old, an old lace tablecloth, you know, seashell stones. It, it's, it's fantastic what we can actually do. Yeah. It's, it's very fascinating because when I look at your piece, I can't say maybe it's a photograph. I don't know. Um, what kind of material you actually use? So it's interesting. Most of them are held together with hot glue because hot glue is what well, gives a beautiful texture. I love working with it. Um, you can do an awful lot with that. Um, yeah, but the the others, it is it, it's 
and I, I suppose that's part of the, the the play the play aspect for me when I'm when I'm creating these is is to disguise that you know <laughs> it's like let's keep them guessing you know don't make it obvious. <laughs> oh. Last last two days I was digging um, the ground to for planting, and it was very interesting. I've um, I started finding uh, colorful glasses like pieces tiles yeah. uh, ceramic some metal and i was just um fascinated by them and i was thinking if i was an artist that used recycled material i would create a piece by that but now i, I know that i can keep those for you and next time i if i had a chance to see you i can give it to you <laughs> or you could create a beautiful mosaic piece at home with some clay, air dry clay, and then stick them in and see what happens. But absolutely, I am more than happy to take those from you. Yeah, probably I I, I go and I just put them there. Is They're not even, I didn't bring them home, but I will collect them, so. Uh, I'm working on a, a new piece at the moment um, that's actually the top of an old water heater, water cylinder, copper. Um, that was being thrown out and um, I was kindly loaned, a, you know, a Dremel tool. So I'm starting to play with that now. And it's just incredible. Like it's so much fun. Um, so yeah, <laughs> looking for copper wire if anybody has some. <laughs> uh, I don't know which piece I choose. But I do love the color in Elemental. Is there any story in that piece? Elemental is the kind of green and copper one. Yeah. It's yeah. this one. Yeah, that's that's the, the kind of green, greens and coppers, yeah. Um that was one again, it was a, it's a large canvas. Uh, there were one and a half meter square canvases. Yeah. Um, and I just started working um, with 3D with the hot glue and with plaster bandages at the time and, and some tinfoil. And I just I just um, moved down to Wexford and it was a, it was absolutely beautiful summer when I moved down. And. I spent a huge amount of time outside and just the breeze, especially the, the wind every now and again, it's, you know, looking, you know, at it, um, moving the tree branches, moving the leaves, that whole motion was, I think, what I was trying to express, um, or that, that feeling of, of being moved by the wind, being, you know, touched by it. And, mm -hmm. I just started, yeah, to to work with shapes around that, and it, it took, I think it took about two or three weeks to do, um, to actually build because I was just learning how to use these materials, brand new materials, um, but it was such a beautiful process because I was just out on the lawn, uh, in the grass, and and you know just being surrounded by beautiful trees and and. The natural world and this breeze constantly wafting through it was it was incredible but it, it is very much an air 
very airy type um, um, piece. And I called it elemental because obviously the wind and the air are, you know, basic elements. And it was a time when I was kind of exploring, you know, that part within me, that lighter, more fluid part of me. You know, I, I'd been exploring fire. I'd been exploring the earth as well. Um, so just very different aspects of just basic, you know, elements. Um, and that's really how that one came along. <laughs> yeah, it's beautiful um, I like it I, li I do like the revive as well maybe because I love blue yeah revive was um, that's quite a small piece and I found these um, they're called beach balls it's just um, seagrass that's been kind of churned up by the wave action and, and these little kind of grassy balls are formed and you find them on beaches all over the place and I just gathered a lot of them and I just started using acrylic pores and just playing with that and I, so I decided to do an acrylic pour on a 3D piece to see what would happen and that's how Revive came about but I love that one myself because I got those pieces at the sea in the, you know uh, on a beach and that piece really looks like it's almost like you know a, a kind of a top view of an island chain or something and again it was pure an experiment at the time and i'm just really happy at how it turned out and and it, again it's very light and yeah i love blues as well i love blues at the moment <laughs> um if you want to look at marion's artwork you can go to intuitiveart.me website Marian also um, has a custom drum and guitar. Um, yeah. I, I, I let her to explain how you can order those. Yeah, so the, the drums are all one-off pieces, which I create um, in collaboration um, with clients. So um, you can browse um, completed drums on the website. I, do, I don't make them to stock, as I said, because each each one is very personal to the individual buying it. Um, it's it, it's a healing process in itself, I believe. Um, playing the drum is 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 extremely healing. Um, it can really help you meditate. It can help you really go into yourself and ask those difficult questions. Um, and yeah, I love I love doing them. Uh, absolutely love doing them. It, it's a it's a beautiful thing to be able to 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 give somebody that you know um, something a tool by which they can they can actually grow and heal themselves. But just uh, send an inquiry via the website. Yeah. Um. It's also mm -hmm. I'm also on Facebook. Um. Custom shamanic drums. Um. And you can just send me a, a message through there as well. Um. And I'm starting to do guitars now as well. Um, I haven't got any of those on my website as yet, but you'll find a few on the on the custom shamanic drums page on Facebook. That's great. Um, what about your herbal um, product where they can find those? Uh, herbal teas. Um, I'm in the process of setting that up. Um, 
Um, I had I had started off called them naturally blended teas, but I'm, I'm I've changed it to hedgerow health because that's where all the plants really come from is from our our hedgerows, in what we would typically define as weeds. <laughs> um, I believe um, when something is growing wild very abundantly around you, it's nature's way of saying hello. I can help you if you just open your eyes, you know. And I did open my eyes and I have done a lot of my own physical healing um, through plants and working with what's growing around me. And I make um, tea blends to aid with specific issues. Um, there are several different types. Um, so if anybody's interested in that, I'm in the process of setting up a website and a Facebook page for that. Um, I'm selling them um, at the moment just through Facebook. Uh, it's Marion Stern on Facebook. Um, and also in a local shop that I've just uh, set up with a friend of mine. Um, we have a little uh, cafe gallery and vape shop in New Ross in Wexford. Um, so they're on sale there as well, the teas. And, you know, I'd invite anybody to drop in if they're in New Ross. Uh, it's a beautiful little town. There's some fantastic artwork going up on the walls and our own little shop there is there now just to, to show how how creative the town actually is um, and also invite artists to send me on their work if they'd like to be featured there and any musicians that want to come down and play some songs for us are more than welcome. Wow this is amazing. Uh... Yeah the, the place it's the vape shop in New Ross uh, but we are also known as the bleeding barista. <laughs> <laughs> It's an ex-dub thing. We're all we're all ex-dubs. <laughs> um, is there anything you want to talk about, Marianne? Because I ask uh, most of my questions. No, not really. Um, just that uh, I suppose what we are what we are in the process of of creating down here in Euros um, is is a space where people can come in. Have a good cup of tea or coffee, uh, be surrounded by beautiful art. It's a creative hub, it's a creative space. It's for people to exchange ideas, to connect, um, you know, to, to build community. Um, I do plan on, on setting up workshops as well, um, you know, to invite people in just to connect with that creativity inside them. Yeah. Uh, to see, to encourage expression through that, you know, when words fail, you know, we can, we can use, we have so many other tools that are at hand, you know, to be able to help. And we're doing this as well in association with the Art Bank in Bunclody. Um, so John Rennick is an exceptionally gifted artist that has done so much work in Bunclody as well um, for the community there. And I actually, uh, when I moved to Wexford first and started um, pursuing my my own um, artistic endeavors here, John was very key in mentoring me and, you know, how to have an exhibition, you know, how to display your work, how to price it. You know, he gave me a huge amount of confidence and what he's done in the community, I'm trying to emulate in New Ross now. Um, so between both places, we're going to be doing art swaps and exhibitions um, collaboratively as well. And then, you know, I, I'd like to, again, encourage any any art centres around Ireland. It doesn't have to be local to Wexford, but that 
we would start a more community focused galleries um, where we encourage people to come out and get creative. Um, if anybody else around Ireland is doing something similar, I please, please get in contact with me. We want to try and be affiliated with as many people as possible, share our artwork, you know, throughout the country. And hopefully we'll, we'll get abroad as well, you know, and, and make this more of a global initiative. Um, but yeah, I need to start in Ireland first. So, um, and as I said, it's a, it's a creative space for all kinds of creativity. So musicians are welcome, writers, poets are welcome, you know, visual artists, photographers, anybody that, you know, wants to get creative, come, yeah. come, come. You're always welcome. I will definitely uh, come and visit. Fantastic to see you. <laughs> I did really have a great time with you. Um, you were so honest and open. Thank you. It was a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Thank you for doing this. Um, well, for me, it's the next step in voicing my voice. I'm working on my voice at the moment. Um, so it, it came, it was divine timing you know <laughs> as I said it's it's um being able to speak you know about about everything and the whole process and, and how it's helped me is the next step for me is being able to voice that and and as I said you know the more the more we can share the more light is, is brought brought on all this you know whether it be the amount of sexual abuse in the country or whether it be art as a form of healing you know it doesn't it's 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 putting a voice to things i'm passionate about now and so thank you for the platform and the invitation i really appreciate it thank you really appreciate it